When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Bafflingly dated pop culture references. Managers roaring, vowing, admitting and hailing. Young boys wank door for erection relief. And the curious artificial language of football headlines. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 99 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all for his Football Clichés debut, it's the Athletics Editor-in-Chief Alex K. Jelski. Welcome to you. Thank you very much for having me. Are you excited? I'm actually just really pissed off that you didn't choose me for episode 100, actually. Well, yeah, it's a real shame, but yeah, you, 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 yeah. well, yeah, you have to pull a real big name out of the bag and... Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe if I perform well today, I'll get kept in the team. Who knows? Like you know, it's the way football works. Yeah, potentially that's exactly how football works. Yes. Well, in headlinees' terms, I suppose I should have referred to you as the supremo at the Athletic. How how do you like the word supremo? It's quite it's quite nice, isn't it? it makes you feel quite powerful. Very powerful. I'm obviously very power trippy. All people with city job mm. titles are. Yeah, I've got I've got supremo on the back of my Spurs shirt, which you oh, know, gives me gives me wonderful sense of well being. What number? One, obviously. Come on, don't ask on stupid questions. On the back questions. of an outfield shirt. I knew this was. I knew this Love was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely scandalous. Yeah, well, it's it's got um, Spursy double meanings because that's like a special mm. number for my team. Oh, good, excellent. And of course, it is. Yes. Anyway, uh, alongside you, in a virtual sense, is Jack Pitt Brook. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Spurs taking on um, Slovenian outfit NS Mura in the Conference League on Thursday night. Are they as close as we're ever going to get these days to a crack East European outfit? I think they are. It's all what, I mean, if you're the sort of person who covers a lot of a lot of Europa League and spends a lot of time on Wikipedia, I can't tell you what a buzz it is to be covering a match involving a team you've never heard of before the draw. This has never happened to me before. Usually Tottenham will get teams, even in the, in the Europa League, like Carabag or PAOK, who yeah. I had heard of. Yeah. NS Mura someone told me earlier, were founded the day after Sergio Aguero's winning goal against QPR in 2012. <laughs> what a 48 hours in your life. They're nine uh, unwittingly, years Unwittingly, at least. Yeah. What are you doing here is essentially the uh, the message here. But yeah, it should be interesting. Potential banana skin for Tottenham, at least. Let's fire straight into the adjudication panel. Very brief one to start before we get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of episode 99. If the denouement to Tuesday's episode was our first foray 
into talk sport style phone-in anecdotes. Then this is perhaps a little bit more like when that friendly Geordie doctor appears on This Morning to feel people's anxious health queries. Um, because listener Dara Richmond has got in contact with a dilemma from his five-a-side game this week. So on Monday night I was playing football, five-a-side. We were 10-9 down, then it went to 10 all, And then with almost the last kick of the game, there's probably a minute left. I scored to make it 11-10. And then... Like, their heads fell because it was, you know, the game was pretty much over. And then someone else added another to make it 12-10. I believe that I scored the winner in that game. My dad is adamant that I did not score the winner. And we've decided that only you can settle this. Can I still be said to have scored the winner? I'm saying that the the goal that made it 12-10 just added gloss but I actually scored the winner because it was level until I scored that goal. Thoughts, please. Well, yes, thoughts, please, indeed. Jack's not a winner, is it? It's not a winner. I, I love Darren, but he's wrong on this, I'm afraid. The, <laughs> the 12th goal does not only add gloss, it also invalidates the winneringness of Darren's goal. It, is, it can win. no longer be a winner if a, if a subsequent goal has been scored in the game, I'm afraid. Alex, would you like to let Darren down a little more gently? No, I'm not. I'm not sure I agree with you. Sorry to state the obvious here, but you know he scored first. If the twelfth goal doesn't happen, he's still. It's still. Ah, well, there you go. You've added a parallel universe where these things didn't happen. It doesn't matter. Um, it didn't which, need to happen or not happen. Well, I don't know. I, I want to. I want to sympathise with Darren's plight here because you know um, at that point it must have felt like it could be the winner. It looks like the winner, but if someone does indeed add gloss, as he suggested, or seal the win then the, the winner becomes fairly invalidated. So the best I can do for Darren is that his goal was the decisive goal, the deciding goal, but not the winner. But it, it, the extent to which a goal is the winner can only be decided at the end of the game. Hmm. So we can't, you know, this idea that you know, the hypothetical of what if the 12th goal hadn't happened is irrelevant because the decision on what is the winner is only made at the conclusion of the game. Yeah. Okay, Jay, you're deluded. I'm happy to be deluded. That's why deluded is a happy place like to be. What appears to be the winner, or what you know, in the course of the game. Quite right. Sorry, Darren. Um, your glory, to an extent, has been taken away. But you know, if you hadn't have scored that, who knows what would have happened? Could have been a twenty-goal thriller uh, where the glory would have been shared equally. So take what you can get from that one. Anyway, we're here to talk about the language of football headlines. Okay, Jay, this is something that's that's fascinated me for a long 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 time because it is an art form in a way isn't it I mean, it's um there are so many kind of restrictions in place when you're writing a football headline and there's so many things that you have to juggle so the end result is something often something of a miracle isn't it it is but it's also become like a pavlovian response some of the words it's like i swear like half of those words just go down there without anyone thinking and yes. I, I always try and say to people would you say this you know, to your mate in the pub or to your grandma, would you ever talk like this in any way? Like, read this out yes. loud, for God's sake. Like, this is, no, no one jets in, you know? This is a really, really good point. Jack, I, we often talk on this podcast about how certain corners of, of the language of football are so far removed from, from conversational language. Football headlines are the ex- most extreme example of this. You couldn't get further away from natural ways of talking than a football headline. Yeah, because a lot of the time they don't have verbs in. You know, that's like that's what makes a sentence a sentence is a, is a verb. Whereas if you have, I don't know, M- Milan in shock, 
uh, Bosnich swoop, for example. Not they mm. would ever sign Mark Bosnich, but that's a sentence without a verb. So if you went around how saying, your brain works there. Yeah, God knows why. If you went around saying Milan and shot Bosnich shocked. swoop to, to someone, people would think you were <laughs> kind of deranged somehow. This episode, AKJ, is going to be more concerned with the nuts and bolts and the phenomenon of football headlines. I'm less interested, honestly, in the best and worst headlines we've ever seen. But I feel like we do have to um, address this. First of all, the most commonly held example of the greatest football headline is, of course, Super Cali Go Ballistic Celtic are atrocious, which is kind of passed into legend. From your editorial perspective, do you think of it as the the masterpiece of the genre? Yeah, it is. And the thing is, my first job was writing headlines at the mail hmm. and you do sort of like spend your life going right okay one day I'm going to I'm going to produce something that is not that obviously I'm not unrealistic but that is that is close to it and you spend so long trying to pr- come up with these incredible headlines that you, what you end up doing is doing terrible terrible sort of impersonations of things that maybe were good yes. if they were right I spent a lot of my life doing that and it wasn't very pretty <laughs> I don't think yeah that it, I don't care how many times that sort of gets um talked about it is kind of really really brilliant isn't it it's not just a play on words it's the quick thinking that's what i think is amazing about it doing that under pressure is the brilliance and there's no tenuous part of it and it all fits it all belongs there doesn't it jack yeah yeah it's perfect it's uh it's incredibly balanced like in 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 telling in telling the whole story of the game in a funny way that's a great headline now we could we could spend a long time talking about terribly shit headlines in football uh, but I feel like it would be slightly vindictive but uh, there there are some things I can't ignore so here's a little quick quiz for you Jack I'll start with you um, you may remember Wayne Rooney's England debut an ignominious 3-1 defeat to Australia at Upton Park of all places can you offer me one tabloid headline from the next morning uh, I'm going to guess for some kind of like kangaroo gag but I can't nail it. I can't pin it down. What it would have been? Excruciatingly close. The headline was Kangapoo. Right. Again, I don't really want to. I don't really want to lay into this too much. But it's astonishingly unsophisticated, isn't it, AKJ? It's great because we're still talking about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, unsophisticated, I'll give you, but you know, it makes you smile. I, I should add that the, the subhead gives us a bit, a little bit more context. Really does. Um, really does add a layer of depth to this stinking England dumped on by Aussies really continuing the theme there I mean, I mean it, it, it was you know enough of a defeat to warrant uh, an extended feces metaphor I think my head was going to all kinds of weird wazzer of Oz places and trying to get wazzer of Oz yeah. wazzer of Oz yeah. is quite good I'm not sure it tells the story but anyway we will we'll no, get on that, to that Rune. would be better if he were like to go to coach Melbourne victory or something We'll keep it up our sleeve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, don't use it. That's ours. We've come up with that. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Rooney is a headline cramming in phenomena. Will appear in this podcast later on. Listener Darren Leithley points out, Jack, that um, you, football headlines these days often contain pop culture references that are at least 15 years old or even much older, like 80s sitcoms or The War. And a very pertinent example from this week, after uh, PSG's win over Manchester City, on the back of the mail, it was Lionel Flair. I appreciate that there are time restrictions. You know, you have to think of something really quickly for an early edition. I don't, I don't know how print works. Who cares? But um, Lionel Flair is absurd. It's an absurd reference. It's the kind of thing that you might have expected, you know, back in 2005 when he was first scoring goals to Barcelona and we were kind of 16 years closer to what you might call the Lionel Blair era. But right now in 2021, you know, this guy's been around for 16 years. 
Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of amazing to, to When see was it. the Lionel Blair era? Just when was he in his pomp, uh, exactly? When Daily Mail readers were yes. at their musical peak. It's a perfect headline for their readership, <laughs> surely. <laughs> I, that did cross my mind, but I thought, I don't know, I don't know how... how how analytical it would go. So yeah, maybe you are right. AKJ, when a team does something unprecedented, at least in their own context, if if not in the realms of football, um, which two-word headline is most likely to be the uh, go-to the next day? God, you put me on the spot now. What do you mean? What sort of thing? I, I don't know. A team wins a trophy for the first time in 50 years or something like that. And uh, this two-word headline is also the name of a play... I'm trying to work out what the hell JPB, you about. can step in. Did he know? Do you know, Jack? It's an Alan Bennett play, in fact. History Boys. The answer is History Boys. Oh. Oh, echoes of previous football cliches, quizzes of your history. History Boys is quite lazy, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think at that time when History Boys, the book slash play slash got made into a film, maybe, I think. Mm. Um, mm. Launched came... James Corden into the world. La- there you go. Launched, exactly. I felt like... Well, thanks it was... for that. It was... <laughs> It was good for, you know, the first time or maybe second time it got used. But yeah, it's pretty lazy now. Yeah, it does feel that way. Um, now, I mentioned earlier that um, good Wayne Celtic, Rooney... Good for Celtic, though, still. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Now, I mentioned earlier that Wayne Rooney seems to have a... Um, Wayne Rooney has an unusually complex place in the modern history of football headlines, Jack. Um, as listener Sam writes in, he says, The determination to make Rue... Work for Wayne Rooney headline puns really annoys me. It was never his nickname, and the pun was always rubbish. Uh, Rue turn, thank Rue, hear Rue instead of hero. I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it just does. I'd accept Wayne, Waz or Waz, though. Rue is the worst of the forced nicknames headline. Nobody would call him it. Like, all of Rooney's teammates seem to call him Wazza. Mm. Uh, he's never been known as Rue or Rune. I have seen headlines with Rune. R O O N. Yeah, over the Rune. I've done, I think I definitely did over the yeah. Rune. Yeah, over the Rune. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's been um, Rue. Okay, too good to be true. That was just T R O O, which is just absolutely right, nonsense. Right. There's been Okai the Rue, which I guess is kind of funny. And thank Rue for saving us. But now I, I think about it. A long it, time ago, seeing a. I think it might have been like a reboot of fantasy football, maybe even during Euro 2004, World Cup 2006, in which they did an extended bit about a tabloid headline, which was King Rune, R-O-O-N, explaining how it didn't, like, they didn't know what it was a pun on. Like, what what could King Rune be a pun on? I don't know. I was, I was thinking ancient Egypt, but nothing yeah, comes to the, mind. What's the gag? Don't know. I mean that. I mean that's that's fundamentally a failure from yeah. the headline writer's perspective, isn't it? AKJ. If, if if people don't, if the average Joe doesn't know what the reference is, then they failed at their job. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm. like most of the uh, young Lionel Flair um, <laughs> receptives this morning. But the, I think I assume Rue started because like a lot of these things start with because. Who's got space for the N, the E, and the Y, right? Mm, um, that's true. You know, these back page headlines especially, they come in massive point size. You've usually got about, what, 12 or 15 letters, including the spaces to play with. Uh, something's yeah. got to give. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And I like that with managers' names as well. People get quite upset that like someone that like people call Guardiola Pep. It's like, oh, they're just so friendly to Man City. It's like, no, have you seen how many fucking letters are in his surname? <laughs> 
Well, no, yeah, well, yeah, Pep oddly has I mean, sort of transcended headlines. I thought we all just refer to him as Pep now, Jack. I don't really know. It doesn't feel over familiar. And I, I don't really have to stop myself doing it anymore. I just, yeah. That's just it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm kind of generally a little bit little bit reluctant to call managers by their first names because it mm. looks a bit matey, but Pep has certainly become very commonplace. Moo, yeah. M-O-U, is a very common headline I would say that's the term. I think that's joint worst. Fit. The joint worst is Moo. Because it's not even close to how you, you would pronounce his name. Well, especially when you can get away with Jose, which is just one letter more as well. <laughs> yes. Yes, very well pointed out. Yes. Moo is better into pits. bad puns like Rue. But what about Veng? Veng. Veng, Veng yeah. I think, is the worst. <laughs> I, I mean, Veng is worse than Moo for some reason. <laughs> just so stupid. I, again, I appreciate the space restrictions, but Veng, I think, is... Is the worst, but, but I think um, like, isn't someone move... like Big Sam? Didn't Big Sam just like almost that nickname exist just because Allardyce wouldn't fit in headlines? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and he's a big guy. Was so... he ever called Big Sam as a player? <laughs> Surely that would be a good piece. The the kind of the origin story of the nickname. Who was the first person to coin Big Sam for Allardyce? I don't know. Now there are um, there are famous headlines that fit more in a kind of novelty. Bracket. AKJ, I offer you Young Boys Wankdorf Erection Relief, which is a perfectly cromulent headline for um, Young Boys of Bern building a new stadium. In which publication? You're not going to tell me. But it's... This was on ESPN, ESPN in 2005. I mean, if it makes you smile and it makes you laugh, like uh, nothing annoys me more than people who take our jobs too seriously. We're mm. an entertainment industry, aren't we? Um, Damn right. And if you can't talk about Wankdorfs and erections, then what's the point of getting out of bed in the morning? Exactly. I mean, but once again, Jack, this is, I mean, without to labour the metaphor here, it's the um, the uh, the length of it. I mean, it really does keep on giving, doesn't it? It's also the completeness of it. Like, it tells hmm. the whole story. It's not just a kind of, it's not just like a two-word pun. It's yeah. literally the whole story with three three gags crammed in. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, it's perfectly formed, is what I'm yeah, trying to say. That. Um, there, I mean, there are more smug attempts. Uh, this is a little bit more obscure, uh, AKJ. This is from Arsenal World, um, a website I'm not familiar with, and I imagine you're not either. Uh, this was when they signed a certain former Chelsea goalkeeper. The headline was, a check for check, check. Checks Ospina's Arsenal ambitions. That's quite good, isn't it? I'm not having that. No. Maybe written down, you can understand it. Saying it out loud, that's just more confusing than Yeah, I mean, cause this is perhaps an example where... The pun has taken control and the context has gone out the window because a check, not really, I mean, you know, in monetary terms, a rubbish way of expressing how much money you've spent on a, on a person. Check as a nationality, fine. Name, check, okay. But check Sospina's Arsenal ambitions just doesn't work. I'm really sorry. But, you know, maybe this is why it was on Arsenal World. Who have named their website something very clear and easy to understand what it's about. So. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, what a world that is. This is this is what fascinates me the most. Perhaps we've talked about shit headlines. We've talked about great headlines, Jack. And you mentioned at the start how some some elements of the English language verbs are sometimes just not required for headlines. Sometimes the brutal economy of a space-saving headline results in something oddly mesmeric. I offer you this from 2017: Dimitar Berbatov, India-bound, ending bizarre Dundee move rumor. What a cadence there is to that. I mean, it's essentially, it's a structureless sentence, is that, but it is so wonderful. That more, the thing is, a lot. Of, I think so far we've generally been talking about print headlines, but that sounds more like a web headline, right? Like, it, yeah, it was. I'm yeah. sure, I, I think a lot of this, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but like, there's a huge difference between print and web. 
when it comes to headlines and they're you know they're different skills trying to do different things but that one surely that's just because you've got these uh dundee fans frantically googling dundee berbatov link thinking oh my yeah. god we're gonna sign berbatov but then no he's actually going to india would you would you you'd, would you include the word link if you were if you were searching for it because is, is that how cynically your mind works is that how how SEO sure. driven you I'm are? I'm not sure, but I bet I'm sure that mu- that must have been right on the thinking of the of the headline crafter in that instance. But then explain yeah, the lack of the verbs. Then, like you, you can use verbs online. There's no excuse. Mm. I, th- I don't know. Maybe you know two decks in a newspaper of, of, of the local Dundee rag. That sounds to me. Just love it. Dimitar Berbatov, India bound, ending bizarre Dundee move rumor. All the all the words that you might need. Just it's like it's like reducing a sauce to a jus. Just you know, really <laughs> thickening it. And uh, just all the essential ingredients. Um, AKJ, you mentioned earlier that the tendency with some headline writing is it, it, it sort of slips into kind of autopilot, you know, using words out of habit that you, if you really thought about, you wouldn't want to use. Now, I put it to you that the autopilot language of football headlines, especially when it comes to kind of more opinion-y pieces, where you've really got to kind of squeeze more detail into the, into the headline, a bit more nuance than, than a simple straight news story, can end up tying it all itself in knots. Here's sensational one from two years ago which is really does beg many questions ice cool mason greenwood can ignite manchester united's tepid season there's three different temperatures i'm just trying to work out really fast in my head whether it's possible like is there like some scientific thing i don't know about where if ice is cold enough that it can you can get burned from ice can't you you can get burned you could and that then ignites your skin no I'm, i'm trying to help them here but i don't think i can yeah, just um, ice cool Mason Greenwood igniting Manchester United's tepid season, Jack. Um, I mean, igniting really is the, the real criminal word here um, because we're always trying to find a dramatic word for this sort of thing. And ignites really Relaunch, is... Uh, rejuvenate. Yeah. Re- rejuvenate, no, doesn't quite work. Reinvigorate. These words are all too long. You need mm. something like, you need a punchier... Uh, catalyze, no, it's too scientific. But ice cool is the problem, isn't it? Don't you, for this kind of this kind of thing well maybe yeah maybe high school is ice, the because you can ignite something that's tepid if he was just ruthless greenwood or magical greenwood or whatever the hell then he could ignite whatever he wants i'd love to see that headline um surely the answer would be red hot greenwood can ignite manchester united. yeah maybe, maybe they thought red hot was a bit too hackneyed for a manchester united player and they just thought oh, we need something else but it also um, scientifically fits with ignition yeah, it does. As Alex says, nothing cold, you know, you can't ignite anything with cold. Surely the, surely the climax of this episode already. Anyway, but yeah, more to come. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This is an increasingly maligned phenomenon in this podcast and in the wider world, Jack, but the rule of three yeah. for headline purposes. Now, before we really start um, hacking away at it, it works very well, doesn't it? It's, it's a very efficient form of headlining, especially for like a 5,000 word long read with lots of detail. I think so, yeah, because, you know, people want, to, pe- pe- people want to know what the kind of interesting, quirky, curious bits in the in the story are and also yeah. because it kind of connects to the thrust of these stories which is always here are like three or four kind of surprising quirky trivial little things which mm. we're going to try and use to explain the whole story not four uh, not four so, you can't just go three or four like that no, you it's, can't, it's, no, it's, it's religiously three. Oh, absolutely because you know we as we've established it's a very efficient way of 
of demonstrating what people are about to read. But AKJ, there's a great rhythm to an XYZ headline. Every single time, almost regardless of what it is, as long as each element isn't too long, you can, you can almost sing these headlines. They're so good. But I keep, is that is that sounds like weird, deep thing that we have within us, or is it just we're all so used to them now? I, I was thinking in... Like, do we just get used to thinking of things in threes, like Olympic medals and like fathers, sons and holy yes. ghosts? And like, if we had that rammed into us so much that we can only hear these things in threes. Well, I mean, it really does bleed into the rest of my life. If I'm you know, heading out for lunch, I have to get three things, which is, which is terrible for my overall health. But if I get two, I feel like I'm not justifying my existence enough. I haven't justified the trip to Waitrose if I only get two things. So, Couscous, um, avocados, and miso paste. Adam's waitros. Very healthy, actually. Um, okay, so, okay, nice little opening gambit when it comes to the very specifics of an XYZ headline, Jack. Um, what things do you need? Uh, what kind of variety? What's the multi pack you're after in a kind of gen- so general I, sense? I reckon the multi. So, given that most of these pieces are about the success or failure of a player or team, mm. generally the success of a team, more often than not. So, you're always going to be looking at like specific things that they've done to make them better. Now, I'd say the classic would be one kind of form of training or preparation, whether that's yoga, swimming, <laughs> hill runs, always yoga. gym, weights, pilates, um, aerobics, hit, um, cycling, bike, you know, bike rides would be a classic. So you need mm. something like that. Then I'd say you can also go for something which is more maybe nutritional. So yeah. you could have uh, smoothies, um, smoothies, broccoli. Yeah, you need something bread. weird. You need something kind of incongruous, yeah. I think. No um, ketchup. Uh, mm. No ketchup. Yeah, or you can have a negative. So you could have like no ketchup. Um, yeah. Pine nuts. I'm just thinking about stuff you might buy from Waitrose now. Um, Jackfruit. Yeah, jackfruit. Yeah, so like something nutritional I would go for as, an, as the B. And then yeah. the C, I think, is something that's like kind of to do with uh, like the relationship between the players. So fines, handshakes, WhatsApp banter, yeah. coach sing-alongs would be a classic, uh, DVD nights, karaoke oh, nights. Yeah, uh, camaraderie-related yeah, things. Camaraderie-related yeah, camaraderie-related stuff. Okay. So I, for me, I, a brilliant one would be uh, let's go for hydrotherapy, avocados, and karaoke. Yes, yeah, really How good. Preston North End are setting the world alight this season. Again, such a nice rhythm to that. So yeah, I'm glad we kind of nailed the, the specifics of this. AKJ, I'm going to give you a little quiz now. I'm going to give you three things, and you have to tell me what uh, manager or team they have historically related to in headlines paddle tennis chocolate digestives and carpooling oh that just that has got to be Klopp hasn't it it just feels it was inside Klopp's Liverpool get in well done oh I'm so pleased indeed next one for you walking on hot coals snapping arrows with their throats and summoning the spirit of Che Guevara that's Poch Uh, I know exactly what this is that is Poch isn't it it's Mauricio Pochettino it was Pochettino before the Champions League final in 2019 see and this just brings me back to to, Spurs fan and Spurs correspondent just brings back to I, I, I take Jack's point but when I'm writing these which I do a lot I take two of those three categories and always leave the last one for something really silly. I think it's really important to have, you know... It's like a and, wild card option. And a trip to the Backstreet Boys concert as the last <laughs> thing. Right, so, 
I'm glad we've I'm glad we've got to the bottom of that. I hope we never have to talk about this on this podcast again because I thought we've, we've exhausted all the possible mileage we can, but uh, I won't rule it out. Now, AKJ, I know you've come to this podcast with this with a hit list of words that you either despise seeing in headlines or just are just sick of seeing only in football headlines and very rarely elsewhere in life. Um, kick us off with one, please. Okay, I've got a real thing about jetting in. Like, no one ever flies anywhere in headlines. And I know that's because it's supposed to maybe sound more glamorous, but it's completely ridiculous. What circumstances are individuals jetting in? It's usually for talks, right? Jetting for talks, yeah. Paul Pogba jets in to sign for Manchester United. Mino Raiola, yeah, jets in for showdown talks because you can't have talks that aren't showdown, obviously. I mean, my initial question, therefore, is I presume jetting in is kind of slightly um, superfluous, really. We can all assume that players are flying yeah, I mean, if, if cross continental deals, yeah, it it seems unlikely that they're sort of doing the fifteen hour in the rented Fiat or something across across France through the Channel Tunnel um, and up the M6 to Manchester. Um, but it's just the drama. It's just the drama of it that I, I I don't even hate it. I just laugh at it. I think. Um, well, I mean, in an era where fans are happy to kind of check flight radar to see if their uh, mysterious star signing is is landing at Gatwick or Luton. It's always Luton. Don't know why I said Gatwick. Definitely always Luton. So maybe it's more pertinent than ever before. Um, what's next on your list of shame? Yeah, this, this is, I think you're being harsh. These aren't all shame. They're just weird. Right. I've got okay. a thing about the word admits. People are... Oh, great. <laughs> like, I'm glad pe- you did this one. <laughs> like, people, people admit things all the time that they're not actually admitting. You know, uh, I don't know. Why do I need any Man United examples? Luke Shaw could be fit for Saturday. Admits Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> it's like, well, it's it's not. He's not confessing something. It's just they didn't want to use the word set. So it feels like this is an example of where the headline is taking taking the kind of um, agency away from whoever's saying the thing and kind of twisting it a bit and saying, well, they were they were forced to say this under duress. Like for example, there was a headline that said. Um, Claudio Ranieri admits that Leicester can win Premier League yeah. title in fifteen sixteen, and I just thought, why? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, he did need his arm twisted about that because he was—he made it a, an art form of playing down. So maybe admits is is a nice little twist without looking too cynical. It's not too clickbaity, is it? No, but I think it also comes back to your second mentions, which obviously you talk a lot about on this podcast, which is mm. I have a website or a newspaper, and God, I just can't have says again and again and again. So people just True. end up admitting stuff in headlines that they're not admitting endlessly yeah we we, we might get on to more um, verbal verbs um for want of a better way of describing it in, in a second um jack uh, another little mini quiz for you the oxford dictionary describes this as making a pretense of shyness or modesty which is intended to be alluring three-letter uh, word you may display this when coy conf- yes coy. coy is the word absurd word I, I mean again I realise it's very efficient to use it's only three letters there but it really does conjure up a very strange image for a Premier League manager or player when asked about their impending future it makes them say oh don't ask Call me about that I don't want to say links. <laughs> it's a really weird word it's a really weird word yeah and it's also not a word that would be used in, the con- in any other context is it Absolutely right. Fish. Yeah, but it's pretty much own, it's predominantly futures that people are coy over, aren't they, AKJ? Yeah, 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 like plans. Like you wouldn't say Adam Hurry coy over weekend plans. No. Whereas uh, Paul Lambert coy on Aston Villa links is obviously free for all. Yeah, you could be coy over links, I suppose. Now, I'm happy to offer a few more, but AKJ, I suspect you have a very long list of fascinations. Okay, the next one I want to talk about is air quotes. Right, what's this? When 
people put things in quotation marks in headlines because they kind of want to put them in the headline, but they don't really want to take responsibility for them. So, for example, Manchester United players furious in quotation marks at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's training sessions. And it's like, well, we kind of heard it and we kind of want to say it, but we don't really like we, you know, we, we sort of want to own it. And it's well, what's all... the rules about this? What are you allowed to do? I mean, are you allowed to do that? You're allowed you to do it. Hand, if, can you do it? Yeah, it's like if you've got enough sources you, of, of people saying it, you put it in a headline, but it's like, well, what are you hoping to achieve really by putting those two little quote marks? Why can't you just say that they're furious about it? What If, if you believe your sources enough, just say Man United players are furious with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's training sessions. What do these two little things um, mm. add? It's like, don't blame me. Don't blame me. I'm not saying it really. But please don't sue us. Mm. Um, no, so yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's, yeah, it seems quite a, um, quite a mischievous thing to do to me. Jack, I've got a, a trio of annoying verbs for you next. This is this relates to usually managers or players issuing a certain type of statement to either the fans or opponents or whatever. The first one is roars. That is utterly ridiculous. Well, I mean, when will a manager roar? I can't think of any managers who would roar at all. Even like sort of Diego Simeone. <laughs> okay. Do you think he would roar? I think roaring do, think do a roar. Roaring it's like, is a, it's like doing a moo or a neigh. It's an animal noise. No, yeah, may, <laughs> yeah. Diego Simeone moos over um, Champions League exit. That would be good. No, but roaring I can is actually see no I, Simeone. I can imagine doing a roar, but that that's the limit. I think. I think it's to do with kind of rallying cries when you're sort of getting the troops together. Roaring, it's not necessarily necessarily a triumphant thing. It's more of a kind of rabble-rousing thing, a roar. Or maybe it is more of a defiant thing, AKJ. It's like you're, you're boasting that you're going to bounce back. We're, yeah, I think... It roars. <laughs> Just, the more I say it, the more ridiculous it becomes. I'm, never going to, I'm not going to say the word again on this podcast. I think if anyone's going to roar, it might be a player. Like, in the heat of the moment, like, your testosterone's up through the roof, you've just made a goal-line clearance or something, and you might just sort of roar. Oh, oh yeah, they might literally roar during yes. a game, but I'm talking about in a headline. No, I know, in a head- like- no, no, but I'm just thinking, well, can that then literally translate to the headline? But... No, managers definitely no roaring. Okay. Um, AKJ, what about hailing? <laughs> Love a hail. Of, of the non-weather variety. Um. Yes, non, non-meteorological hailing. Uh, hail is very useful for a headline, isn't it? I mean, it covers so many options. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I suppose, I'm trying to think, like, what's the advantage of it over praising? Um, but I think maybe you're hailing... You hail is- somebody as something, isn't it? It's you hail... You hail Michael Owen as the future of English goal scoring. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of the, that's kind of the long term kind of secondary function. The first one is you, you simply can hail, hail a performance. Yeah. You can hail, um, you know, a debut performance or something like that. And it's so it's like yeah, I guess it's hail Caesar is essentially the um, is the justification for this sort of thing. So it's a little bit more, it's a little bit grander than praise, I suppose. But hailing is good. Yeah, I think that um, is the, what makes it makes it different. Is it's just like this the highest the highest form of praise that you can possibly have. I think it is. I think it is. I mean, yeah, roar. You couldn't roar at anything in particular. I can't think there's anything better than hail when it comes to individual praise. Well, you heap um, praise on, don't you? Mm, there's a lot yeah, of you heaping. Do. You would never heap in other walks of life. Yeah. Tributes come flooding in. Praise gets heaped. Um, can't think what gets piled. What gets piled? Injuries. Don't know. Um, you can heap scorn. No, you can't. Or you can pour scorn. And pour. then it, you can pour it, but then I guess it solidifies and becomes heaped. You can heap scorn on rule changes, for example. Mm. 
Oh, you pour scorn on rumours, don't you? So when you deny things, you're pouring scorn on them, but you heap scorn on something you hate. Very important distinction. Thank you, Jack. And you pile Thank on you it. Anything you really pile is on the on the pressure, don't you? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Very good. Thank you. See? See? Contributing. Last one of this mini section is vows. The thing about vowing, AKJ, is it, there's a huge spectrum of, uh, of vowing. You can vow to do something really small, like, I don't know, end your gold drought. Or you can vow to turn around a club's fortunes. Basically, anything you say you might do becomes a vow in a football headline context. And this one, this one really, really, really is just down to newspapers not being able to put the word promise in because it's really long, isn't it? I, I, I don't like we can dig as deep as you want here, but it's just yeah. a better, shorter way of saying promise. And, and there, just, there is no other reason. I don't care. I know that this is the reason. I'm still fascinated by each and every single one of them. It's very religious uh, as well, I think. Like, obviously, it's mm. very religious. Like, it really, it really feels like you care about your club when you do that. Yeah. It's also one of those verbs that you can nounify and turn change the sentence structure. So it oh, could yeah. be, you know, Bruce in promotion vow, for example. <laughs> if you Throwing it forward vow, a little there. Eh? Rather than, which is actually shorter than... Bruce vows to get his team promoted, for example. Exactly. If right. you do it, if you do manager in blank vow, it's just mm. it's a shorter way of doing it. Okay, so okay, so now having ploughed this furrow that um, we we simply use shorter words to get to squeeze them in headlines, I offer you this anomaly. Why instead of the word new, AKJ, do we always use the word fresh? What is so good about the word fresh? Fresh move. Fresh blow, fresh allegations. Okay, one of, the first, the, the... one of the first things I was taught when I was trained to be whatever I am now was never use the word new in journalism. <laughs> Why? Because, because it's in a newspaper, of course it's new. If it wasn't new, you wouldn't be buying it and you wouldn't be telling people about it. So okay. journalists for decades have been trained to never use the word new. So um, this is where fresh has come from. Yeah, and fresh sounds good. The S and the H are nice, aren't they? Like, yeah, you know, I suppose so. Fresh talk. So yeah, yeah new, mm. new's just one of those like ridiculously, endlessly banned words. Jack, do you think there's any circumstance in the rest of your football journalism career that you would ever say the words F.A. rap? <laughs> F.A. rap. That's really good, F.A. rap. Where does, where and why did this come from? Wenger faces F.A. rap. Manchester City and Chelsea face FA rap for out of control thirty man bust up. Um, What's the origin? I know you're going to say it's a short thing. It's like wrapping knuckles, I guess. Perhaps oh. a public school thing. It is an actual word, right? <laughs> I've never heard it. I, it's one of those things that you just get so used to. You, I can't actually think what the kind of etymology of it would be. Rap sheet. Rap sheet. Oh, rap sheet. Of course. But does rap sheet come from rap, or does rap come from rap sheet? I've got no idea. Don't know, don't know. Episode 99 going superbly here. It's the um, official records of your arrests and prosecutions. Ah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So it's an acronym. Well done. Rap is an acronym. We you heard it here first. <laughs> we should have been capping rap all this time. Remind me again, what, what does rap stand for? Your rap sheet is an official record of your arrests and prosecutions, brackets, R-A-P. Absolutely stunning. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, we're all sat here in amazement, clearly. Moving on, though. Do you know what the greatest um, legacy, AKJ, of uh, England's Euro 2020 campaign was that um, in the aftermath 
of their defeat to Italy, there wasn't a single just days after headline. Nobody was declared to have done something just days after England lost in the final of Euro 2020, which I think is cast iron evidence of our progress as a, as a footballing nation. In, in, in terms of being nice to people or in terms of language? <laughs> <laughs> Both, but also, yeah, just um, letting our footballers off the hook. Yeah, well, they did nice things, didn't they? Like get to good, isn't it? finals and everyone was too busy writing about, you know, people hitting each other on Wembley Way. Yeah, um, that's true. I suppose the, it, the best way, Jack, I suppose in a in really clinical sense, the best way to make sure that we didn't have any players doing anything just days after England went out of a tournament is to stay in the tournament for as long as possible so they had to go to back to pre-season training as, as quick as they had to. And then there was no, no, no time to do anything. No time to go to Tesco, no time to go on holiday, no time to do anything. Yeah, I think that's kind of probably when most of those stories have come around is when England get knocked out in the last 16 and then the rest of the tournament... You know, everybody else is still watching the tournament, but the England players are off on holiday. Only only two days after their embarrassing <laughs> elimination by Iceland. To, or on to get there, well earned. That's what it turned into this time. Every headline was, you know, Sterling has well earned rest or, mm. you know, well earned beer or whatever. There was a lot of well earned because, you know, they were good boys this time. Now, there there is a long list of incredible just hours after slash just days after headlines. Um, I offer you this example is perhaps one of the best cross-sections of this. Memphis Depay spotted in £250,000 Rolls-Royce just hours after being slammed by Rude Hullet. <laughs> Two completely unconnected things happened within hours of each other. You really, don't know that. A, you don't know. You're form. guessing. You're no, guessing. <laughs> it was just an art form of a headline. I really enjoyed it. Um, Jack, we're, we're on the cusp of an international break of course, again. And international breaks are, of course, famous for being the most boring part of the football season in terms of um, stories and, by extension, headlines. So it's very much the natural habitat for, I think, the most boring headline of all, which is Manager X wary of Opposition Y threat. I think that might be the most, the least clickbaity thing that exists in football journalism is Manager, manager X suggesting that Team Opposition Y may have something about them. Utterly dull. Yeah, and you always get a lot of that on uh, on England. I mean, I don't know why anybody would expect anything else on England duty, especially with Gareth Southgate, <laughs> who is like nothing, who is incredibly respectful of, of opposition. I couldn't imagine anything less Gareth Southgate than him being like, San Marino, couldn't be asked, don't care. It's all about us. <laughs> Not wary at all. Bunch of car mechanics. I... Like, no, nothing could be less Southgate than that. I mm, think mm. Uh, so. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's, it's kind of a surprisingly resilient part of the international break coverage. Interesting that you mention uh, San Marino there. So, in the realms of of giant killing or or upsets, AKJ, um, uh, if if a manager does end up in that situation where they've lost a um, in embarrassing circumstances, what are they left? They are left bereft. No. no. Oh, damn. Think more embarrassing, humiliation. They are left. Is Jack going to have to step in again? Yes, it's so embarrassing. See, what am I left? Gareth Southgate has been left. It's red-faced. Oh. Which, if you think about it, again, if you look at it for about five seconds, it becomes more and more ridiculous thing to evoke the red face of someone who's been embarrassed by something. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. And quite mean. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really... It's... Yeah, it's... uh... I mean, is that something with broader non non football? You know, could you have Boris Johnson left red faced by petrol crisis? Yeah, so sure you yeah. would. Maybe you would. Yeah, something that was kind of avoidable 
they could have done something about and how and how's left them looking a little bit stupid but of course um if if you do avoid being left red-faced AKJ, you have of course spared blushes which is so ridiculous it's like a janet and john phrase well why does it still exist in football i find it so absurd. It's obviously a real spared obsession a real obsession with cheeks um, someone, someone somewhere decided that the barometer for all managerial feelings are the colour mm. of, the colour of your cheeks. Which I don't know what they'd have made of Fergie because that's just really confusing. Yeah, some people are perennially red-faced, so I don't know how it applies to them. That's definitely yeah. not one with uh, outside of football application. Keir Starmer spared blushes as rule changes get through Labour, Com- Labour Party conference, for example, which is wouldn't scan. Good topical reference. Uh, well, on the on the uh, on that note of sparing blushes, I'm going to spare our listeners any more of this. Thanks very much, uh, Alex K. Jelski, for your football cliches debut. Um, some wonderful insights into the art of headline making. There. Do you feel the pres- pressure now for future headlines? Because I mean, I mean, day to day, your task is basically like a head chef looking at plates coming onto the pass from your junior editors and sort of casting your eye over them. And uh, now, do you feel extra extra pressure in your job? I mean, the main thing I'm going to do is go away and rewrite the style guard to to make rap mm. capital letters. Like that's that's the thing. Like I'm yeah, that's that's all I'm taking away from this podcast. Let's yeah, not pretend the, it's anymore. The, the discovery that that rap is a is an is an acronym is quite sensational. Will your life ever be the same again, Jack? No, 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 no. I need to kind of kind of work it into an intro now. Mm. To give our headline writers the chance to uh, to cap it up. Well, thanks to you, my podcast aces. Um, I vow to have you back again one day, Jack. Oh, and uh, so. the Football Clichés podcast is set for episode 100. Sensational scenes. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. The Athletic. <laughs>